Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. All right. Good evening, everybody. It is Tuesday, May 12th, 2015. And... We are here with our uh, status coach tonight, and we are going to be uh, going over some basic materials um, for our upcoming webinar this weekend, uh, which you can sign up for at youhavetheright.com, Y-O-U, youhavetheright.com and sign up for our weekend webinar, which will entitle you to um, information about correcting your status and having any kind of documents that you've done so far being reviewed for corrections, errors, and mistakes by our coach. Yes. And so tonight uh, we are going to be going over the Roberts ruling on Obamacare, that is uh, the Supreme Court ruling from uh, Justice Roberts, some of the information that he uh, kind of leaked, (laughs) you might say, that is profound, that will be the uh, foundation of this weekend's webinar. So, Coach, why don't you uh, take it from here? Okay. All right. So... Um, the Obamacare decision in 2012, everybody in the country, the mass media, and all these people picked up and said, oh, it's a tax. We've got to pay taxes. When actually there's a couple of sentences in the Chief Justice's opinion that give away that there are two powers, corporate and private, and that if people don't begin to wake up to the fact it's going to be the same thing as anarchy. And it says that right in the opinion. Now, this is why it's so important, because um, I don't think anybody has cited that case in a court of law yet. I'm not sure about that, because it's kind of hard to find out, that kind of thing. But I know we have some cases coming up that it's going to be cited in. Now, the reason it's so important, if anybody that's listening is on a computer and want to go to Title 26, 5000A, G1, those penalty, penalty provided by this section shall be assessed and collected in the same manner as an assessed penalty under subsection B of Chapter 68. So when you go to subchapter B of 68, specifically 6671A, it says the penalties and liabilities provided by this subchapter shall be assessed and collected in the same manner as taxes. And any reference in this title to tax imposed by this title shall be deemed also to revert to the penalties and liabilities provided by this subchapter. Kind of roundy, roundy. So we're going to have this one stone, two powers. It's going to be available to everybody 
on the webinar, and then it's about, oh, I'm going to say it's about 15, 16 pages, and it goes into depth about the four or five sentences in that opinion that the Chief Justice talks about the two powers. And he does come out and say, we have two governments in this country. It's right there in the opinion. The first one, well, they're opposed because one creates and controls corporations. Of course, incorporate means to give body to or bring into existence. And the other one is the original government that deals with human beings acting as human beings and nothing else. The God-given natural rights that existed, existed before the government was created and which cannot be removed by the government simply because it does not have the authority. So a lot of the cases we're seeing that I'm seeing and a lot of the things going on with the internal revenue at this point are where they're pushing the corporate entity of ours, and I don't use the term straw man because I don't like straw man. We don't have a straw man. We're not in the Wizard of Oz. We have an alternate corporate entity set up by the government, and we're not a trustee of that. We are a beneficiary of that trust, but we are not a trustee, and we weren't the grantor. We're supposed to be the grantor of that trust, but that's kind of a quasi-legal fiction. So since we didn't create it, I mean, I've, I've always had a problem with all the people around the country the last five and ten years going trustee, trustor, and all this stuff because it doesn't fit. If you're going to do anything with it, you have to recognize it as being the trust that we're the beneficiary, and that's why our documents that we're going to give everybody at the webinar are working because we're using a document that allows the living being to access the public benefit. And that's what it does. Now, the one girl before we started that was asking me about these loans, I know for a fact, because I've done it, once you have your status correct, the banks, the loan companies, the federal government, they all look at you different. And where they might not take a document or an instrument to satisfy a debt before, once they know your status, they still might argue about it, but you have a lot better chance, and in some cases, it's almost guaranteed it's going to go through because of the status. And that's this this article that Tad has put up on the, the site for everybody to read. It really brings that out. I myself read it about four times, and I think I'm a pretty good reader. So depending on everybody's own personal ability, and we all have different abilities, Somebody might have to read it five or six times to really get down what this thing is saying and that why we need to stand up as the real person. And, I mean, it's to the point we have to force them to recognize us because if we don't, they just steamroll over us like we're a dead person and we don't exist. So um, I don't know if there's too much to go into this. And each person has to read it. And then when they get a bunch of questions, I can answer questions. But we've got to remember the Chief Justice cited, he cited 5,000 AG1 and several others about this penalty, and then he wants people to know that they use an individual and person interchangeably. 
and it's it's done throughout the statute so that if these guys, well, this individual was supposed to do this. Well, we really don't know who the individual was until you look at the statutes and the definitions in the IRS that say a person could be an individual. It could be an individual that's responsible for a corporation for paying taxes, or it could be the corporation. So people that have studied this know that these corporations, they're only able to exist with a real person signing the paperwork, even at the top corporate level. They have to have a real person that's signing it for the corporation because the corporation cannot sign. And it infuriates me that the federal courts have decided, well, a corporation's a real person only so that they can make campaign contributions, okay? Because corporations without a live being behind them they can't sign anything. They can't agree to anything. They can't do nothing. Okay? Um, I probably think we ought to see if anybody's got some questions about this before well, we try to explain anything further. Well, I was thinking yeah, maybe, maybe you could find some of the key areas in that brief and read them and then give your interpretation of it. Well... I could do that. I'm going to have to find his decision again. We had it last night when I was messing around. Let me see if I can find it again real quick. Um, let's see. Uh, it's going to take me a minute to find it because I didn't really put it where it was easy to find. Uh, uh, you got my email? Uh, Is easily accessible? I don't know if where I'm at. I, ha I haven't been able to get the Internet to come up oh, where I'm at. Okay. Working off my thumb drives. And uh, uh, give me just a minute. I'll, I'll be able to find it. Um, okay. In the meantime, let's do a little Q&A if we can. So if anybody's got any questions, hit star six on your phone. If you have any questions, I hope somebody's got some questions while I have time to find this thing because I'm going to have to. Hear that, folks? This is your chance to talk. Nobody has any questions? That's unusual. Star six. Chirp, chirp. Anybody's got any questions? Right now, it doesn't look like it. Um, so I got a question. So in this Roberts ruling, does he basically lay it out? Oh, hold on. Yeah, we do have somebody with a question, but let me ask my question first. In this Roberts ruling, does he basically lay it out that you're not a taxpayer? Well, he doesn't lay that out. He He gives the definitions, and we have to look them up. He quotes the tax code, which okay. is, and he quotes several areas of 5000A. One of them is G1. Um, then it goes to 6671A. Uh, further down, uh, if I can find it here, there's a whole bunch of them 
Okay, 6671 is the one that defines person. And then I'm going to read right. It says, as used in this subchapter, includes an officer, employee of a corporation, or a member or employee of a partnership who, as such officer, employee, or member, is under the duty to perform the act in respect to which the violation occurs. And those are, those are, see, then it also further one down in 7701, 7701A1, the term person shall be construed to mean and include an individual, a trust, a state, partnership, association, company, or corporations. Mm. <coughs> so, but if you compare 7701A1, where it says an individual trust da da da, then you got to go back on down, and you find out that in uh, 7343 and 6332 are way more narrow. But it says an officer employee of a listed type corporation, and second, under duty to perform the act or in respect to an act, a violation occurs. That's a lot more specific than individual trust, estate, partnership. So. The IRS talks all around it there. They're trying to snare as many people as they can into tricking into contracting with them. Now, that's the thing about the status. Once you've got the status correct, that means you have satisfied existing contract with the IRS and that you are ready to exit their system. Okay. Once you're ready to exit their system, that's what we're helping with, is to get out of their system. Because you have to finish the contract, you have to satisfy whatever contract you're under before you can be released from that contract. And the simplest way is when we send in the authenticated birth certificates and with the affidavit of uh, tax-exempt foreign status and Revocation of franchise and revocation of election all tied into one, that pretty well kicks you right out. Then when they, somebody checks the computer and wants to see that you're not in there and they know they got to deal with you, they deal with you. Wow. Okay, you know, I think huh? we've got somebody that's got a question that's been waiting patiently. So when your phone unmutes, it's your turn. Go ahead. There we go. Hello? Hi there. Hi. Hi. Okay. So my question for you, Coach, is um, I'm going to need to take a distribution from an IRA. I'm not 59 and a half yet. Um, I have not started this process yet. I know they usually require a mandatory federal withholding, and then, of course, there's going to be penalties. But I have no way around it. So, um, I believe those taxes and penalties would be due um, next year if I took it out now. So, would this process be able to take care of that? Oh, yeah. No problem. And if you got that and, way, okay. better. Yeah. That's a good answer. Um, so do I need to fill the paperwork out a specific way asking for the distribution by putting 
authorized representative or anything like that? Do I take it out as the man or the one woman? I or I would sign it. However, you're signing your signature. Don't change anything. And what I would tell you was, once you get your distribution and you figure out what taxes you would owe, you send it to them and ask them to review it. And once they accept it, to send you a bill. And that's where we can show you how to satisfy that obligation. Okay? Awesome. So just sign it like I regular, regularly sign Yeah, because I think that we really found out that's a problem with a lot of this stuff. Everybody wants to say, well, I'm this and I'm that. And it starts raising flags before a person can have a chance to settle or do anything. So we've got to be a little bit tricky with them because they're tricky with us. So. You know, like if I get a traffic stop, I just go ahead and sit there and listen to the guy and do whatever I can. And then when he gives me the ticket, I go take it in, and within 24 hours, I got a settlement bond in the mail to the court, and I don't ever hear from him again. Okay? Nice. But I don't yeah. argue with them on the highway because those guys on the street, they're lucky to be able to open the door and get out and give you a ticket, let alone be able to discuss the pros and cons of a private or public citizen. <laughs> right. Do you know of a way to get out? So, do you know a way to get out of having them do the so-called mandatory federal withdrawal right away? Well, federal withholding, they call it. Uh, well, the, the, once if you were able to get our authentication process in, I'm not sure about that one because I haven't dealt with much with that kind of disbursement. But it should be to where once you're out of the system. If it was a regular job, you could get your withholding down to almost nothing and then pay the bill once a year. I've got different people with small companies that are paying their taxes once a year and don't do the quarterly withholding. But if it's a big company where they're going to take out so much of this, um, I'm sure there's some tax forms where you can sign, but I don't know the exact numbers. But you should be able to, to take that without them withholding any. Okay, I'm going to try. Maybe the system is getting so well, maybe the system is so corrupt that depending on the institution, like the way it is right now, I'd say if it was Chase or Bank of America that had your money on their financial side, they're not going to let go of it unless they're, you know, blood dripping it's from Mer the It's Mer a Merrill Lynch account, okay. and it's not a business, yeah. It's not a 401K. It's a personal well, IRA. Well, then you may be able to get it out with doing that withholding. The withholding. Um, should they want you to – do you think they're going to just give you a withholding before they pay you the amount? Or I thought on those personal things you had, what, 30 or 60 or 90 days to roll it over into another one so there wouldn't be any withholding because you're going to roll it over. You have 60 days to take it out and put it back if, if you want. But I, I'm taking it out because I need it, so I won't be able to put it back. But there is a 60-day rule in there. Okay, so then you want to be – then I would suggest take it out and immediately figure out what you think you're going to owe in taxes and get it off the 1040 off to them and get a bill back so that you're covered. That's one thing I can guarantee with the IRS. The faster you handle stuff with them and deal with them, the faster stuff goes away. Okay. 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 That's good. Good answer. Um, I have one more question. If you have time. Oh, yeah. Um, I'm not sure if you're into the placing a lien on the 
on the birth certificate after it's authenticated. Um, but my belief is I could really use it for asset protection right now. Uh, it just is another wall that would it hurt anything uh, to put something like that in place. It's supposed to be a first-in-time, first-in-line thing. Um, you know, what do you think of that? You mean as an insulation? As an as an insulation from uh, uh, predators, yes. I know so there's people out there. They put a billion billion dollar lien on it right away, and it, and I've been told you can do that right away while you're starting this process. You don't have to wait till it's done. So, uh, and what are they going to do with uh, what are you going to do with the billion dollar lien? If you're going to well, have you, that you lean yourself. Lean, you have to know how to yeah, it's no, the living person leaning the so truck. A billion dollar lien. Nope. Just a second here. You got a billion dollar lien. What are you going to do with it? Because any of the debt collection processes, once you know how to open the account, open a account at Treasury using a UCC one, and then know how to use the three to assign it back to them, that'll make those debts go away. Now, if you're filing a lien, what's backing up that billion dollar lien? Did you get it filed somewhere? in a state that's going to back it up? Or is it just a full faith and credit of the birth certificate? You can make... I don't... You could probably it's the living person leaning... Yeah, it's the living person leaning the alternate corporate entity just so that if any creditor is looking to lean you, um, it makes them just give up, supposedly, because they say, well... We're behind this lien, and there's no way we can get anywhere near that. And they, it gives you a window of time. They no, leave you alone. Well, once these things are authenticated the way they are, it's so easy to satisfy debt. Why go to all that work of filing a lien and everything? If you've got a proper one in place, that's the beginning of a lien against the birth certificate. And depending on what state you're in, you're either going to accept it or not. So to me, it's just as easy. You get this thing authenticated. It says full faith and credit of the state or full faith and credit of the United States government. Make a thousand copies of them. You've got to deal with it. Send it somebody an instrument with your um, authenticated birth certificate as a collateral, and the debt's probably going to go away. Okay. That's one thing I'm realizing. We've been reviewing some stuff with different folks. And I would never give out their information. But what I can tell you, I have not seen anything that even comes close to standard, you know, accepted for value or instruments or anything like that. It's it's all over the board. And I, I don't understand how people can have success when everything is so much different. And if it's so much different and the people at the Treasury and IRS don't recognize it, then they're probably not going to accept it. I, I think they're doing the A4 for for other types of debt, like utility bills and things like that. Is my understanding, um, limited understanding. Well, but on the utility bills, you know, I don't know any very few people that have ever been able to get it where they could pay their utility bills with just a signature because they're going to go come and shut your electricity off because you know that they they're not going to get a double collect on you. 
<laughs> okay? So we've concentrated on helping people pay the IRS, satisfy that debt, because you really can't pay it, satisfy the obligation with the IRS, do what we can, and we're, we're getting better. We know a lot more now about mortgages than we did where we can help people out of the mortgage problem. So if your house is paid for and rather than maybe you can survive and pay the electric bill and the water bill because I don't know anybody that's having success doing those every month. If they are, they're not okay. saying anything. Okay. Okay. Now, some of the folks, and this is very few people have been able to do this, but should you be far enough along in some of these private processes to get a trust set up with a court, then it's possible that once a month or once a year the court would pay all those kind of bills for you, but I don't think they're going to do it once a month. They'd rather take care and pay it a year at a time. Right. A lot of the trust work, they don't pay the bills by the month. The trust pays them a year at a time. Right. So, okay, and last but not least, not. do you see any value in a or necessity for a uh, hold harmless indemnity agreement between you and your trust for any reason? No, I would say yes, and I would say even more so between you and your judge. <laughs> yeah. Uh, we, yeah, the, the hold harmless indemnity agreement has been almost totally ignored other than to separate the living being to be able to work with the corporate entity when, in fact, it can be used to work with a judge and under numerous circumstances where you want to identify a party that you're working with. Um, and I'm not so sure, I haven't seen it, but I'm not so sure in your question about the electric company, that if a hold harmless indemnity agreement was put into the TFO under the right circumstances, that may get him be the kicker to make him take your instruments, as well as an NDA, because they don't want to give this stuff out. Wow. Hmm. I've been studying the indemnity agreements for some time now because there's a whole bunch of them out there that the hold harmless and indemnity done right between, like, say, you and a judge or you and the bank or you and your alternate entity, they can be pretty tight. Hmm. Okay? Okay. That answer your question? Yes, thank you. Because it the whole if you're in a county and, and you without any problems going on, you file and hold harmless in the county to hold the county harmless and it's it's written correctly, then anything comes up and somebody comes against you, you already got the court on your side as the real person. Okay? That changes everything. I never heard it from that angle. That's right. nice. <laughs> Getting them to well, accept that. Why people are having story. trouble? They're, they got to get out of the box a little bit. Does that require a two signature <laughs> agreement to get that with the court? Uh, wait, I, wait, I, wait, I, wait, I phone cut out there just a second. Does that require that a bilateral, bilateral signed agreement with the court to make that stick? Well. I don't think so. You're issuing an indemnity bond to indemnify the judge or the court 
Why would it take extra signatures and stuff? You know? If you're if you're giving me an indemnity bond and I can go into my system and go, oh, that's properly registered and filed, oh, that's good. Okay? Most states, if you go to the state motor vehicle and ask them, what are the requirements for me to be self-insured? And I know in Arizona, you have to give them a $750,000 bond. So if you use about a $10 million bond and get it issued, and once you get it issued and pass it to motor vehicle and the state insurance commission, then you're self-insured and you still get your regular plate, but when they look you up, it's going to come up in the computer that you're self-insured and you're not going to be paying all that monthly fee for car insurance. Yay. Every state is different on that. You have to check with the individual state motor vehicle, and they will tell you what the requirements are for being self-insured. And an indemnity hmm. bond works really good for that. Nice. How's that? Nice. So I would say some of the people, if they could go ahead and do the right bonds and get their insurance taken care of, they probably have a little more money to pay the water bill. <laughs> What's a $750,000 bond cost per year? Well, that's just in Arizona. I don't know what they are in other states, but I know they have them in other states. Uh -huh. okay? Every state has a self-insured option, and you just have to place such and such bond on deposit with the insurance commission and motor vehicle. Okay. Okay. Meanwhile, I'm, I'm not able to get on in online here, Tad, so. Okay. That's all right. I know I had that. <laughs> That's all right. All right, thank so you. we got somebody else that has a question, so thank you very much. Appreciate it. Uh, I hope we answered your questions. Right. I think you did. Okay, yeah. our next caller, when your phone unmutes, it's your turn. Greetings, Tad. This is Dave from Philly. How you doing? Hey, Dave. Hey, All right. Yo, um, I'm so excited about this conference or the, the webinar that's coming up this weekend. I was in court today on a situation of, you know, similar import, um, talking about promissory notes that have been tendered to try to indemnify somebody on an obligation, you know, and, and every time I listen in, I just get more and more enthusiastic about the possibilities to come. Um, I, you know, put some docs in. I talked, you know, spoke to the coach. Hey, coach, how you doing? <laughs> about, um, you know, a few things. And I, I just can't wait, man. It's, it's great. It's a great thing. So were you able to, was that case going along enough or you able to put an indemnity bond on it? That's what I would like to do. And that's why I sent you the copy of the payment bond that I used previously, but you, I, I didn't have time to redact one, you know, filled in. But I'm going to send you that uh, probably after the call tonight, you know, the next day or so. Okay. Um, just to get an idea on that. But I, I'm, you know, anxious to see what you're ready to prepare, and I don't want to, you know, continue to work on something that may work, may not work, you know, without seeing what your offering is. Well, at the same time, I, I, think, I, I think I looked at something from you the other day. I'm not. I'm not where I can get on the internet right at the minute. Yeah, that's okay. You don't have to look at it now. We, like I said, we got time to talk between now and, and the weekend anyway. So you know, like I said, I'm just I'm just feeling great about that. You know. 
And then what you were speaking yeah, of about you know, birth certificate and full faith and credit, I got a buddy on the line. I was just, you know, explaining some of the same things to him, you know, and then to hear you go into it, you know, more in depth and just, you know, add more and more to it. It's great. Yeah, I, I, well, and here's another thing that we want to do with this. We want to be able to get so people are using a standard procedure for not only the paying the instruments, and that's why I've been studying these hold harmless agreements so we could come up with something that's good in, in the court situations as well right. as the alternate corporate person because once we get that down, I think the more standard we are with people using the same thing, right. not only is it easier for the, us to help other people, yeah, but then um, it's easier for everybody to understand it. Yeah. You know, so. Yeah, definitely, definitely. I mean, it was it was it was funny. I was in court today, and I was like seconds away from making the decision to hand him my my authenticated birth certificate. When you you know the question was about you know what did you send, and you know is there an account attached to it? You know, do you have a statement for it? You know, so forth and so on. Do you have any ledger showing that it, you know where it was you know uh, you know transacted? You know, you like no. I said I don't have access to those you know to those account statements. It's a private account. You know, I have no access to that. You know, so I'm just, you know, authorizing you. When you got that, if you've got the authenticated account, yeah. authenticated birth certificate and, and everything, you're kicked out, then we just need to show you how to use that one to get it, put us collateral into Treasury. Right. And then use that RR number as the account number. And I'm, right. I can tell you, my friend, we were in Panama three years ago, and I had some paperwork just like we're talking about. And my broker mm-hmm. in Panama took it to the American Embassy, and he verified in two days. Took the embassy two days to turn it around, and they came back and said, "Yeah, this is good." There you go. So, once yeah. and well, see, the, and see, the, the thing that rang through my mind was when you told me, you know, when we talked before, you told me to terminate the UCC one I already had in. You know, and we right. haven't talked about, you know, the replacement UCC one. And I said, Nah, I don't want to give it to him just now. You know, I'd rather, you know, wait because we still got other opportunities with this, you know, with this situation. You know, and I don't want to muddy the waters, you know, so close to getting, you know, a, a, a lot more, I believe, clarity on the use and operation of this. I can understand that. Yeah. I can, I can totally understand that. So, yeah, yeah, so you know, I did think. Yeah, so. I just wanted to chime in, you know, give a little update, you know, get a little, you know, I can't wait till this weekend, you know, looking forward to the class. Uh, thanks, Ted, awesome. for getting the offering together, you know, and uh, I'll be in touch, Coach. I think uh, you're pretty well up on this stuff. Have you had a chance to look at that stuff Ted put out on the Roberts? No, no, because I, I was up all night last night getting ready for court, and I was in court all day today. <laughs> So, but I, I'm, that's that's my my, okay. my light reading, you know, my light heavy reading for tonight. <laughs> Your light heavy reading. <laughs> awesome. I'm glad we could help. Two powers explains all that. Just the, the the it's only about two sentences and twenty pages of his opinion where he talks okay. about the two powers, but it's right there in the opinion. There's no denying that it's in there, and he brings up the five thousand a. And the way he brings it up, when a guy starts following through, it, sh- it starts throwing you into all other kinds of statutes. Even though all the other statutes aren't in his, his decision, by him right. saying those two sentences and the way he said it, it's all right there. Yeah. Wow. It's amazing. Okay. Okay. And, okay. and of course, the media and everybody's like, oh, this guy, this is taxes. You, everybody, you got to pay your taxes. 
Yeah. You know, nobody, me, never going to hear them say, well, if you're private, you don't have to pay taxes, you don't owe taxes. I mean, mm-hmm. people mm-hmm. ask me that question. So I pay taxes every day. I pay gas tax. I pay sales tax. I pay a lot of That's tax. right. That's right. Taxes? That's what I tell Yeah. No, That's what either. I had to explain to the wife. You know, she said, oh, well, you know, everybody has to pay taxes. Everybody has to, don't you pay tax on the gas that you buy? Don't you pay tax at the store on certain things that you buy? Don't you pay tax to use your telephone? You look at your bill. Exactly. You got tax for this, franchise this, this tax, yeah. that tax. Tax on your cable bill, tax on your water bill, tax on your electricity. You pay taxes all the time. Yeah. Don't you pay yeah, tax on your tax? That's why I tell people they pay well, wait, 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 wait. This is serious because people go, oh, you're a tax dodger. And I say, no, I pay every tax no. I'm obligated to pay. I, yeah, I pay every tax that I'm eligible revenue. for. I checked out. I'm not eligible ago. for that one. <laughs> That's right. That's exactly right. And if I, I think a lot of people, they just assume that, well, we have to pay this. And you know what assume means? And they, mm-hmm. they're content and they pay it and then they complain about it instead of trying to figure out is there another way. Yeah, yeah. And, yeah, yeah, you know, and it's, it's say, the lost, it's the lost art of haggling to the extreme. You know, I mean, I was in a, a, a jewelry store buying a ring. You know, and the guy quoted me a price. I said, "All right, you know, sold." You know, so we go to the counter. He starts adding stuff up. He says, "Yeah, you know, with taxes, this, that, and the other." I said, "Well, you know, I've been learning about taxes. What kind of tax is that?" You know, oh, well, it's a sales tax. I said, "Okay, who's selling here?" Well, I am. Then you got to pay that tax. I'm buying, and I agreed to 175. We got a contract. Uh, 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 everybody has to pay the tax. I said, yeah, but I'm the buyer. What kind of tax is that again? And he said, a sales tax. I said, who's selling? I am. <laughs> he dropped his head. <laughs> You know, we had a contract. You told me 175 I said sold. You sell it, you pay the tax. So did you win on that one, or did you pay the tax? No, he, he, he wrote out the receipt for $175. I, I keep it in my wallet. So if I ever told the story, I have to pull the receipt out. Yep, see? Uh, it's true. I go, hey, yeah. I go to a true, hard, a true value hardware store. Mm-hmm. And I go to the back counter, and I always pay with Federal Reserve notes. And he never charges me a tax, and I always get 15% discount for paying with the Federal Reserve notes. There you go. And they do everybody yeah. that way at that store. If you go to the back counter, mm-hmm. and they'll just get yeah, you. Don't, don't use it. Yeah, don't use your credit card. Don't use your debit card. Pay cash. Agree to a price and right. stick to it, because they don't want your cash to walk out the door. Now. Here, okay, I'm going to say one thing now because mm-hmm. you and I understand how this system works. But I, there's a lot of people, and I don't know how many are listening, that their spouse, they've seen them have success, failure, 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 success, and they're mm-hmm. like, you got to be kidding. This isn't working. Well, since we've been reviewing from different people, I'm like, this stuff is so all over the place, I can understand why people are getting frustrated. Because there's not right. any commonality, there's nothing common going on with the accepted for value, with the promissory note, with how you're going to, even the indemnity bonds. I'm sitting here, i got about seven different kinds of indemnity bonds from I different people. And some of them are real good, and some of them ain't worth the paper they're printed on. You know? <laughs> and so I can understand the frustration with people. That's what 
when Tad and I talked about doing this, that's what we want to eliminate. We want to get it. We want to know what's working. We want to let people know what's working. And if, if something that we're doing isn't right, I want people to say, hey, we found out that didn't work here. Well, you may be in the one state out of 50 that it's not working. And that happens. Uh-huh. Yeah. You know that. Yeah. 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 So, you know, I, I think education is a strength for us. Yes, so, it is. I agree 100%. The more we can help everybody. Yeah. So, okay, well, I'm glad that you felt like that in court and, and got some stuff for us to work on and get done. <laughs> yeah, thanks for the yep, thanks sir. for the enthusiasm. Hey, my pleasure, guys. I can see the floor. You guys have a great evening. All right, you too. Okay, any more questions? Star six on your phone. Because we're going to be probably closing things off here. If you don't, hey, we got two questions on the board now. So when your phone on mute, it's your turn. Uh, hey, Tad. Uh, this is Karen. Hey, Seattle. Karen. Just got your email. Yeah, so you can see there I've got some challenges even for this weekend. I think I'll probably be okay, uh, but I may need a little personal assistance. And I and I do still have some outstanding questions on these bonds, so that really it takes a phone call. No problem. So um, if at some point you or the coach can call me between now and Saturday, I guess. I, I know you guys got to prepare. Um, I'm available during the day. I guess. Um, except Friday. I guess. Friday, I'll be in surgery. So, <clears throat> okay. Oh. Well, tomorrow might be a good day in the evening to do that. Because I know okay. you have some questions, and we want to get those cleared up as quick as possible. Yeah. So you can go ahead yeah, and I had questions, and the answers aren't it's really okay. completing the picture. And there's just a That's few okay. rough edges okay. outstanding, and I didn't want to make a move before I get that flat. So. Well, that's, it. that's exactly why I would just as soon talk to you on the phone, because everybody's going to have questions, and they're not always going to be the same as what yours are, but it's the the Going back and forth on the email, sometimes you don't do the questions and answers justice. There's a lot of phone calls. Right. <laughs> and then one of, one of the things I can do from all of this is that I, you know, this is what I do for a living before my brain goes to poop next week. Um, I should type up instructions as, that would make sense to me, um, and then you guys can use those to edit or whatever for other people as needed. <laughs> one question okay. I could answer for you that would be a general one question I could answer right now that would be a general question and I know you had the question it's okay when you're married and you get a bill with both persons names on it when you look at it they're only using one person's social which is the reason why we picked a bill that was one for the husband and one for the wife because they had the different social security numbers on it so we want to make sure and offer an instrument under both numbers so they can't come back and say, well, you didn't pay this or you didn't pay that, okay? Now, we know it's going to generate, in your case, it's going to generate some more bills, but that's good because we know how to handle the bills once they send them. Wait a minute. Okay? You just said an in, create an instrument under both Social Security numbers. Aren't you saying no, send an instrument under one and also send an instrument under the other, or are you saying send them? 
That's like, correct. I'm confused. Yes, yes, yes. Because the the wife and the husband, if you look at those bills that got both names on there, they only used one social. So if okay. I was to use that bill with that social, I would still have to send another bill for the other social. That's why we picked the bill that was individual, one with your name and one with his name. Yeah, well, and I have like 12 of them, 12 bills. Well, I know, I know. Yeah. With just get those because the way those are written, and we're not putting amounts in on purpose, don't put any amounts there. They can no, take not. that and satisfy all those if they want. Yeah. They can. I've seen it happen. So that's why we picked those bills because they looked like they were the closest to being the new, and they had his social and your social, and that's the key to getting through to this. So. Okay. I, know, I think that answers one of the questions. I know you got a couple more, but yeah, you picked um, a June 10th of some year bill, and um, and I thought that that was just because you that was the example that you wanted to use, and that I would model all the other bond responses to everything else off of that, which is what I did. I haven't sent anything. Um, so what I'm hearing from you now is that I should only send the bo the bond response to that bill or that social yes. security number, et cetera, and just that yes. one, none others. That's why the – right, correct. That's why we sent you – It's only for one year, too, so – That's right, but there, you got to understand, it goes to the social and it's blank. So if that guy doing that at the at – the, you're sending it to – one of you sent it to three offices, and one of you sent it to two offices, including the Treasury. And there's a good chance that um, they could go after every year and take it all off of there. And if this one guy, that, that John guy, if he's acting real goofy, he might still send you some more bills. But they'll be more current, and we'll handle them the same way. But I know if I just sent one in with two people's names on it, one social, then they're going to go after the other social. So that's why we split it up. I, I had to find one that had the two separate socials on it. That's how that happened like that. Okay. Okay. So we're not going to address the other years, just the year that was on that bill. Yeah, yeah, correct. Okay. Because the one, Got it. the packet I made, if you'll, check, if you'll check that settlement bond, it is specifically written to that letter with that date. Yep, yep, it is. Yeah, you got All it. All right. All right. Okay. Hey, we got some more questions in the queue. So, thanks, Karen. Okay, thanks. Oh, oh yes. Uh, when your phone unmutes, it's your turn. Uh, yes. Hi. Uh, this is Ewan. I just uh, was talking previously, a little bit yeah. before the call. And I would like. I'm I'm very new to this, so just uh, <laughs> this is like my. I think the the second time that I'm listening to it. And I would like to ask: um, Is there any benefit for the person who is not United States citizen to go through the status correction process? Would there be any benefit for the foreigner to do that? Do you have a? Uh, Certificate of Naturalization? You uh, no, like the person no, does not have a Certificate of Naturalization for the United States. Okay, they got a green card? No green card, just a Social Security number and a driver license. 
Now, how did they get a Social Security card number without a green card? That's a good question. Uh, because the status, there's, there's a status of um, immigration status is uh, called withholding of removal, which means that he's uh, legally allowed to stay in the country, but he's not allowed to leave the country. If he crossed the border, then he will be considered deported himself out of the country. But as long as he's staying here, he is allowed to stay as long as he wants, as long as he does not cross the border. Yeah, I've heard of that status before. And, and he is not allowed... He is not allowed to change his status, immigration status, into any other statuses because he is not eligible for anything else. But this status we're talking about is not an immigration status. It's a status with the taxing authority and the federal government. But it is not an immigration status. So I don't believe it would affect it. Now, so, like, say, if uh, the person will go through this process, would he receive some kind of uh, status where he can be, like, uh, legally would be able to move in and out of the country? Uh, that's quite a ways down the road. What I would say is we've been searching for people. I have one other person from Eastern Europe that we're going to use her certificate of nationality to get her out of the IRS because up to date people have only been talking about American birth certificates so if he doesn't have a naturalization certificate does he have a birth certificate from his home country that he can get authenticated in his home country or yes yes he has a birth certificate from his home country yes correct but not from United States so he needs to, so he needs to go to the equivalent in that country of a Secretary of State and get that certificate authenticated and then yes we would use that to go into the IRS system to prove that they're a live being and that they don't wish to volunteer for the American tax system. Mm -hmm. And how would it like... Uh, would... Go ahead. Yeah, would he be able to get some kind of like a passport or something that he can travel with? Yeah, internationally, because he's in the United States now, but he cannot go out of the country, so he's kind of stuck here right now. Well, um, there's a lot of people wanting to work on that process to do that, and it's extremely complicated. So um, before, I'm not really familiar with doing that. I know people who have done it. But what I would suggest is make sure he gets out of the tax system. And then as this goes along, and we've got some test cases out there with people working on that right now. But I wouldn't right now say, yeah, I can go ahead and do that for him and get him to travel international because we've got people working on that to do that right now, and they haven't been successful as of yet. But they're still in the middle of doing what they were going to do. So I wouldn't, I wouldn't want to go out and say, oh, this is going to get him where he can get him non-immigration and travel everywhere because it's, it's a complicated process. But I know using his foreign, if his birth certificate, let's say he's from uh, Guatemala or Honduras, uh, to get those 
uh, authenticated at the federal level, then that could be used to send in to the internal revenue in this country. Now, we're, mm -hmm. I'm working with a couple of people right now to use their certificate of naturalization because that's the equivalent of American birth certificate to do the same thing, but we haven't got all the paperwork back on that one yet. Okay, so the, well, everybody that's done this so far that I know of all had American birth certificates. That's why we're in the process of, of working with some other people to see how it mm -hmm. goes. Mm -hmm. Okay. okay. Yes, thank you. So basically, we we can try and see if we can. What country is he from? Uh, Latvia, from Europe, Latvia. It's a, one of the used to be Soviet Union um, countries, but now it's a separate country. That's a little bitty bitty country, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, yes, very tiny, small. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. Well, they've got somebody there that's the equivalent of a Secretary of State that could authenticate. Yes, I think so, yeah. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, through the IMF, all International Monetary Fund, all of these birth certificates worldwide are tied into that and the Federal Reserve. So once it's authenticated by the proper authority, and it can only be authenticated from the country of origin, then we got something to work with. We pick it and go ahead and... and uh, uh, by any chance, it would not hurt his status uh, with immigration, what he has right now, and they will not deport him for that, no? I wouldn't. I wouldn't see why. It doesn't have anything to do with immigration. He hasn't. I just I wonder, like, what the, after this he will get this uh, intoxicated, his... Um, birth certificate, like how the later on we can move it into the uh, trying to get him a passport or some kind of like a legal document that will allow him to travel. Well, that's, that's a whole different process, and we're not really doing that with the status class. And it, like I said, we're still, you know, that's probably the first time I've heard that particular question, the I know people are working with these national passports and diplomatic passports, but those are extremely difficult to get, okay? Um, he might be better off once he gets his status to um, um, see about going ahead and getting his nationality, you know? Uh, you see, right now, right uh, right now, he has no any kind of uh, option even to change his immigration status because that's it. That's what he has, and that's it. There is no statute that will allow him to change his status for his immigration. Is that because of the, the rule that lets him stay here? Uh, because uh, the way, the way he has arrived here, he came as a crewman on the ship. And because of that, he is not allowed to get a green card through marriage or through some any other type of uh, like changing of the status. So th they gave him this withholding of removal document, but that's all they say. He cannot change it to any other status. Okay, so okay. can I, can I interrupt? I Coach, can I 
yeah. interrupt here? I'm going to yeah. say basically that what you're asking is way outside of the scope of the uh, webinar that we're offering. We're, we're not getting into those issues. So just to be safe, I'm going to say that it's probably not going to help them any. Okay, but look, wait. I was just getting ready to say when you interrupted. Okay. You should probably send us here and his information. And should, I'm not saying I can, but should we know something we can do once I look at it, I would see about sending him to somebody that could help him. Okay. Mm -hmm. Okay. All right. Okay. Prefer that way, because I mean I don't okay. know that there's anything we can do with it, and it's not part of the status. But if you'd send the stuff to Tad or his name and a couple of things about it, then maybe if we could find somebody to help him, we could you know get him some help. Okay. Appreciate yeah. it. Thank you so much. All right. Thank you. All right. Oops. Okay. Well. You hung up on him. Yeah, well, I didn't hung up on muter, but uh, okay. We got one final question here for the evening. Okay, my question was: I hope I wasn't too late to the call about the Obamacare. Did you guys discuss that uh, and how it would not yes, apply to us? And what? Um, I have. Have you talked about that? Yes. yes. Okay. I'm sorry. About it? Well. No, that's okay. What you need to do is go on the site and pull those two documents down, and you'll find up towards the, the the beginning of maybe it's four or five pages into it. But there's only a couple of sentences where he starts talking about tax law, and then read those sentences real good, and then go read the one stone two powers uh, document. It's about 14 pages. And then maybe it, it'll it'll start clicking to you what they're doing because he does give away that there's two powers in our federal government, corporate and private, and that if the private doesn't wake up and start doing something, corporate's going to take over and it's anarchy. And that's where the country's at right this minute. We're at anarchy because the federal government is trying to take possession of all their property, and it's a quasi-legal definition of what's their property and what's our property. <laughs> Okay. So. Okay. Well, there. I just want I wanted to to say um, I had a real easy tax return that I actually did this year. So I went to an H and R Block, and they were trying to offer me Obamacare insurance for thirty two dollars. That if after my return, if they uh, protested and said I. I owed it for not having it last year, that the insurance would cover it. I didn't know if you were aware of them doing that. Well, I didn't. I didn't take it. Yeah. yeah. I didn't take well, it. Well, the best thing, um, I wanted people to read those articles and understand them because once you get the the stuff authenticated and, and can get out of the IRS system, then there's no way they can tax you. And this is what he said, that only pay that tax on Obamacare if you're a taxpayer. So once you get your status corrected as being a non-income tax person, thank you very much, we're not volunteering for your contract, and not obligated to take that tax. Does that help? Got it. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That's 
That was a no-brainer, actually. Well, but actually, that's why he put it in there, and he only said a couple of sentences about it, because if he put more in there, everybody would be screaming and calling him a traitor. But actually, to me, he's a hero by putting that in there, because it's we're going to have to start using this case to push that, hey, we know there's private and public, and the Chief Justice of the Supreme Court said there is, so don't tell us it's a frivolous argument. Okay? Nice. Yes. Yeah, so okay. I hope I answered you. Thank you. Question. All right, thank You're you. Welcome. All right, Coach. All right. That's it. That's it for the night. Everybody's got homework. Read one powers, two stones. One stone, one two, stone powers. two powers. <laughs> <laughs> All right, folks. Thank you very much for showing up. And uh, remember, our webinar, you can still register. We'll probably have it open until maybe, I don't know, Friday evening sometime. But you can still register, so go to youhavetheright.com, check it out. And with, with the webinar, you also get um, document reviews. So if you've done any kind of processes, you can uh, take some of the more pertinent documents, upload them, and have our coach here review them for uh, critical errors and, and changes. So. All right. Well, folks, thank you very much, and have a great evening. With the Lucky Land Plus, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway, and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.